what's up y'all it's whitley and you're tuned in to another wondering whitley session today has been a day <laughs> isn't a good day for sure um i woke up today at my normal 4 a.m time because my girls we had a parade this morning um i think i told y'all about that in the other episode so because I have my alarm set to the same time that I wake up, like during a normal week, which is 4 a.m., like Monday through Friday, I got up this morning kind of like, kind of about to do my same routine, which I did my same morning routine, but I had to remember like, okay, wait, it's Saturday, <laughs> not an actual school day, but it still felt like it. And a lot of the other elective teachers that I work with we had we were there because we we are over some of the after-school programs that'll actually do these parades like ROTC and band um, and then our Spanish teacher has a folklorico group with a, a, a bunch of ladies young ladies um, and then our art teacher she had another event with another school today so she wasn't at the parade but she had another after-school event and they were all in a group message after these or after our respective events. And they was like, we should all be off on Monday. And I would not doubt if one of them took off. They said they'll be there, but I would not doubt if one of them took off. And it do because it just seems like uh, I know y'all. I tell y'all about work life balance, but literally I have a to do list this weekend. I was looking at it and when I got home. I wanted to start on some of it because I'm like, my whole Sunday is going to be used to get back into work. And it's just like, I know a lot of people feel this way who have regular like nine to five schedules of like goodness. Like it feels like once your weekend gets started, it's almost over, especially if you have a, a long, you know, regular hourly job and you're getting off at three four o'clock a lot of the things that you need to do are probably already closed and if you got like real errands or it's like you're not trying to sit in traffic so you're trying to wait till it died down but if you wait till it died down stuff gonna be closed and then those things you gotta wait and try to do them on weekends on top of the stuff that you have to do if you gotta prepare for work or if you don't have to prepare for work you got to do it on top of the stuff that, you know, if you just want to have some free time, you know, like today I talked to my friend on the phone and I made a few stops. So things like that just kind of take up your time. And then by the time I got off the phone, I was like, dang, I still want to watch this documentary um, for entertainment, but also to, you know, look for some tips and whatnot. And I was like, I'm a little bit sleepy and I'm still going to record this video tonight. So it's just, <laughs> I'm telling y'all this schedule because I know I'm not the only one who's always kind of looking, you know, it feels like you're running against time sometime. And for me, I'm really trying to uh, just slow down and find the balance because I know that I don't have to have everything figured out. I am doing my best to be present with what's going on, what's in my hands, be present with this current moment, while at the same time 
you know, it's that sense of even the things I plan for the next month, you know, I have to put action towards the week before, you know, or I'm scared I'll come in unprepared. And so I try to find that balance of, you know, letting there be this sense in this room of spontaneity while also at least being as prepared as possible. Like it's just some things that I don't want to fully let the reins go and show up like I'm just going to see what happens. And then some of it, it's almost like, do I need to operate in this space like that, you know, because it's new or should I plan even more? Um, for a practical example, my, uh, I was, I've been planning in my mind that I will host a black history month program with my dance department. I've been thinking of this since like the beginning of the year. I haven't put like pen to paper until most recently, but then of course, when school was about to start again, we went back into the red with this whole situation. So a lot of school districts, some of them started back online. We didn't, but we did go back to a more stricter policy as far as like letting people in our building, um, which when we came back this semester, we were going to, when it was dying down, we were going to go to no mask. Like we were going to go let people, you know, guests, in the building, we were getting back to regular shows and things like that. But then right before the break, these numbers started doing real things. So uh, we went back to those stricter guidelines as far as what we can have and what we can't. So my principal just told me, hey, just plan for video if you were going to think of that option because you might go get to do something off campus, but we know that we're not gonna have guests on campus and stuff until March. And so I had already started thinking about that in Jan, you know, late December when this new variant came out. But even though I love recording, I love, you know, just trying to figure out this editing process, I also fight a, <laughs> fight my own perfectionism or need to know certain details because I guess I put an anticipation out there about even just me anticipating what this may look like and so it's certain things that I feel like I'm trying to plan or have my head on that I just really I, I can't predict it doesn't matter how much I write down it's just certain aspects that it's almost like I'm just gonna have to do it and then see what comes up when I get into the editing phase rather than trying to plan it so much because I'm working with so much unknown um, and I'm working with, you know, just different schedules. I'm working with a limited environment. And so I'm trying to allow myself to approach it like I approach it, for instance, today. I took my, I always take my camera to events. So of course I took pictures of the parade we went to. I took video and I always put together like a mini video just to kind of reflect on the event. But then I just compile all the pictures and to other people, they're great. And when I look at them, they're great. 
You know, I did the same thing for uh, the wedding I went to last weekend for my line sister. I just brought my camera. I knew that I wanted to take pictures. I knew that I wanted to create this video. And to me, there is no pressure as far as what I produce with that because, you know, I wasn't the the photographer, you know, to be handed that job. So it feels real low pressure. But for some reason... <laughs> With this project that I've put on myself, I I just feel myself putting pressure on it. And so that makes me kind of scrutinize the details and rather than allowing it to be a creative project, which I feel like I'm doing, there are elements that kind of just make me feel like I need to have my hand on it. But that's only one thing out of the other three things in my life that I struggle with. Okay, is this something that, you know, how far do I need to go in the planning phase versus where am I trying to plan where there needs to be spontaneity, where there's just going to be this element of unknown. And I don't know if, you know, you've experienced that, you know, if you're anything like me and you're someone like I'm, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish, <laughs> you know, but whatever you do, you don't have to be an artist in the sense of, you know, dance, music or anything like that. I even think of artists who are hairstylists and, you know, you could be an artist and you could be an engineer. You can be an artist and you're a mom, like a stay at home mom. But just that element of whatever you do or whatever you put your hands to, you know, you kind of had this vision of how you want it to look or how you want it to be or how you want to see yourself within that because I know you know some relationship or spiritual gurus will tell us we're not supposed to find our identity <laughs> in our work or what we do and I agree with that context and the reason why they're saying it like you know you want to be detached because you know what you do can change or can evolve and you know, you don't want to attach your entire identity to things outside of you. So I get it in that sense. But then there's this huge element of what about those people who really love and enjoy what they do and a lot of who they are and how they express themselves is in their work or how they show up for their work. Like for me, I think some of you know, the other teachers, if we go on field trips and stuff like the one today can probably think I'm just like uptight when it comes to certain things because I do not like being late and maybe because I've made it a point in the past two years and I'm not perfect at it, but I've made it a point definitely since I've graduated, well, before I graduated, after I graduated undergrad to just not be late and not be late to me is do my best to try to be early to to things, to appointments and to places I need to be. And it's been a habit that I've just really been wanting to, uh, that I've really been wanting to cultivate. And since I've done that, I've had seen a change in the way that I respect my own time and I correlate it to respecting other people's time. So I think that when we're late, it just sends a message and I, and I just think sometimes if I'm late 
people will think that's how I do everything, which when I was late all the time, that did show up in other areas of my life, you know, procrastination or not being thorough in the work. And even, you know, when we're late in certain areas and then I see who's always late. I see how they show up in, in, in their work on a daily, you know, the energy that they give certain things. So I do think there is a correlation. If you're watching this and you don't think there's a correlation, this is just my thing. So it don't got to be yours, but I'm a stickler about being on time, you know, just showing up on time uh, for certain things, which is a little bit early. And again, I'm not perfect at it, but it's something I, I critically work towards. So I, you know, I, I don't tie my identity to it, but since I've been intentional about it, I've seen the character traits it has developed in me and how I show up in other areas. Whereas, you know, you may be the same way about how you, how you bathe and groom your kids or how you make sure everything is prepared for them and how you send them off to school. Because I, I don't have kids, but I just, I, I cannot even imagine right now you know, getting myself ready and then having to like get children prepared who depend on me to like still wash their face or, you know, remind them of things and making sure they're well groomed. And being a teacher, though, I know how that how important that is, because I'm a dance teacher and I have kids who they ain't had no other P.E. class it can be early in the morning and it smell like they haven't bathed in two days. And I don't even say that to be funny. It's almost like, dang, this parent must not be paying attention to just even their hygiene or they may work so much to where this is, you know, not an area they want to spend a lot of time with. So then that teacher has to become the person to talk to them about things like this, even in middle school. And that's an overlooked thing that mothers who are really intentional about being present in their kids' life, not, and they don't have to just be stay-at-home mothers or dads, just parents who are really, really active. You know, um, like my mom worked a lot and she, she, I wouldn't say my mom handled this the best, but I did think about the other day because I, I, you know, I run into these things every day with hygiene with my kids. And I just remember when me and my sister got of age where we could start having a little funk on us. I'll never forget. And this probably traumatized my sister, just to be honest. I remember my mom was like, she was doing my hair. So we were sitting on the couch and say my mom is sitting behind me doing my hair. And my sister came over to like tell me something. <laughs> either tell me something or ask my mom something and <laughs> my mom like stopped and she was like I can smell your breath <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny right now but when she said it like when she said it, it wasn't funny because the tone she said it in and because I think it really, like the way she said it, I think it really did hurt my sister's feelings. But she, 
she never, and my mom was, she was a young parent. Like my mom, you know, she just, certain things she just said. And I think as an adult, this is just a side note. I still have to work on like reading a room with, you know, when I say certain things, because I think sometimes my humor can be harsh or like, I'm, I'm very used to like saying something very directly, or even if it's funny, just, just kind of saying it like not is like, I, I learned early on to like laugh at myself or not take certain things super serious. Whereas, you know, people who were nurtured, nurtured might be more sensitive to even like direct criticism that could be true, but you just, you got to go all the way around the bush or just, you know, just kind of leave it alone. Well, my mom never had to say that to my sister again, needless to say, you know, so that was her way of kind of having a hygiene talk. And my sister is older than me, so I wasn't there yet in my hygiene, but my mom never had to correct me on any, like, smelling me, like, anything like that. Excuse me, y'all, because I learned she gonna call me out. <laughs> like I learned that early on. And I swear to y'all, I thought about this, this very story. I don't know why it popped in my head, but I was thinking about what I just told y'all about my kids. And I was thinking about my mom doing my sister like that. And that memory just made me fall on the floor laughing. But I'm telling y'all at the time, like I, I was embarrassed for my sister because I know she felt a way um, but again, my mom just never, she never had to say that to us again. She never had to say that to my sister and she never had that talk with me, you know, but some parents, you know, are more intentional or more like gentle with their approach. You know, they sit down and have certain conversations. Some schools have programs where they talk about those things, but I'm using this as an example, as another way, like if you're a parent you know, even if you raise your kids a certain way, you're going to put your, you know, you, you take pride in that. So if your child frays from what you have raised them to, to value, you, it's hard for you to separate yourself from what you put so much of yourself into. And I think that's natural. Like, I think my mom sometimes took me and my sister's failures personally, and she also took our successes personally, you know, because she was a very young parent. So she puts, she sacrificed so much and put so much into our development that if we went a certain way that she feel like, I know I didn't raise you to go that way or make that decision. She took it as a personal reflection of her parenting of who she was as a parent um and and I will say that's not always a good thing but I think also now being an adult being a teacher you know having my own life I know that that's actually that's it's really natural for us to do that and we have to actively not do that you know but that's just an example you may it may for you be your work like for me it is my work I take what I produce, like doing film, doing, you know, this podcast, you know, I, I take certain things very personally, you know, it, I have to be intentional about kind of separating 
my identity to an extent from what I do and what I produce because I think I put so much of myself into what I do that it being criticized or it not being well received or it falling on deaf ears or being misunderstood it's like I'm being rejected I'm being misunderstood I'm not being received and I think that's natural for a lot of people you know I think that's a human characteristic I think that's a human thing and so you know even as I'm talking I'm realizing that Okay, while that's natural, there are parts of our journey, especially if you want to grow and you you want to develop and you want to kind of go to the next level in certain areas. There's always going to be like that that bridge that you have to walk where there's so much unknown that you can only plan up to so much to where, you know, either you're going to cross this bridge so you can get to a new area or find out a new direction, or you're going to keep doing the same thing. And you may even get, you know, even excellent at this, but it's like, you'll never go to this next level because you're afraid to cross that dark bridge and see what's on the other side of you not having all the details laid out for you that's in your control. And that's something that I'm hugely working on. And the reason I think at points allowing ourselves to cross that bridge of unknown, like letting go of certain aspects of control at just different parts of our journey, or even sometimes like in projects that we're working on or with with certain things, not having all the pieces The reason I think that's important, especially for me right now in this season of life, because I do have a vision of where I'm going. And I understand that right now there are like there are all like I I feel like I'm in the way I best way I can explain it is that act in the circus where, you know, I don't know what the person is called that kind of, I wouldn't say juggles, but kind of balances all of these different things. And then there are spinning plates. And I just feel like there are like five of these spinning plates on a stick. And for, I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm holding them all with my foot, with my hand, one with my tongue and my nose. And they're all spinning and they're all, you know, in balance. But Sometimes I feel like if I just kind of even close my eyes, that all of them will fall and my whole life will be messed up. (laughs) And that's so dramatic, but that's sometimes that's that's just how I feel when I feel like I'm being pushed to kind of let go of control even just on one of those plates or even just in one of those areas. Like I feel like, Oh, what if it's wrong? Like I I feel like it's going to be a wrong decision or a wrong move or I should have planned. Like it's all of this, like all of these plates are going to fall and my whole life is going to fall apart. And that's so, that's so extreme. 
But one, it felt good just saying that out loud because this was like an aha moment for me. Like a, oh, that's why I've been feeling like that. But that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. And so sometimes it's just very, very hard for me to let go of control, which causes me to like, sometimes I feel like overwork or feel like I always got to have my hand on some aspect of work, even though I could be resting or I could be investing in a relationship or I could be kind of letting go in this area or allow myself to just just see what happens and, and do my best when this aspect of it shows up. Um, I think I said this before on the past episode that if you're anything like me and you were raised with a mindset uh, you were kind of late raised in survival where it was always just enough. Then overcoming a lack mindset is. Is one of the first things and most paramount things you got to continually work at because part of a lack mindset, too, there's multiple parts. But in this context of this conversation. An aspect of it for me, which will be a lack mindset is feeling like I got to you know, grind and hustle and everything has to be aggressive and strong. And I always got to be working in order for it to be valuable. Or I have to take the hard road in order for me to be worthy, in order for what I produce to be of great value. And I really do think that's false news. Like everything doesn't have to be hard. And the more I even study people who are materially successful, I don't know if they're successful in every other area. One of the things that they, you know, talk about when they talk about their schedule, it's like the, some of the people who make the most money work the least, like physically with their time because they've created systems or they, they've realized like the people who work in from sunup to sundown, these st- the ones still struggling and really that's like a mind that's a mindset behind that and so i see ways where i still am operating in that space in certain areas and so i'm trying to really identify those areas so i can not feel like okay if i kind of let this go it's not that i'm not going to do my best with it because I'm going to do my best. I just can let go of control and understand that, you know, these plates are actually, I don't know what that type of uh, material is that they can make plates look like glass, but they're not like when you, when you drop them, they're like, I wouldn't say they're bouncy, but they're resilient. Those are the, those is what actually these plates are made of that spinning or that I'm skilled enough that I can close my eyes and I don't have to worry about these plates falling. So it's more so gaining a new level of self-trust, which I guess I don't have the level that I feel like I need for where I want to go as I'm saying this out loud. So, you know, I don't know what this conversation is, you know, who this conversation is for. It's definitely for me. Um, just if you're new here, this is Wondering Whitley. If you could tell by the title, 
These are just things I wonder about. These are things that I talk to myself about. These are things that float around in my head. I usually sometimes don't get on this camera and know what I'm going to talk about. I'm just flowing, you know, and if you find value in it, you do. I don't always intentionally try to have any type of lesson or takeaway. Sometimes I try to gather them as I'm talking. Um, but for the most part, these are, it's almost like you're just putting a listening ear to my mind. You're putting a listening ear to the things that I go through and I talk about and how I kind of make decisions and I'm structuring my life. So I'm inviting you on, onto this journey and I thank you for being a listening ear to my wondering mind. I'll see you on the next one.